Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Y'all been getting anything out of the Gospel of John? It's been a blessing, hasn't it? Man, I've been growing. I've been growing. I've been learning. And, you know, I feel like I'm in college. And God is just, uh, I think I'm working on my associates. And uh, God is working on me and teaching me. And uh, I'm growing as well as you are. I hope that you are. Uh, Let me have your attention, if you will, as we get going. Let me ask you a question. If I was to uh, take a poll and ask, when God doesn't do what you wanted him to do, or when God doesn't do what we expected him to do, or God doesn't show up when we thought he should, how do you respond? Uh, What do you do with that? Do we get mad at God? Do we feel that God failed us or let us down or let us down a blind path? Do we feel that God doesn't care? Or what do we do? What do we think? Well, that's exactly what we have here in chapter 11 of John. Uh, Jesus uh, didn't show up when the ladies wanted him to. I'll tell you more. Now, just with a show of hands, uh, were you with me last week? Show of hands. Were you with me last week? Okay. And another show of hands, were you with me since John chapter 1, verse 1? Were you with me? Okay, let me see. I can't see. Raise your hand nice and high. Okay. That's a good number of you then. Then you know, if you've been with us since chapter 1, just up a teeny, teeny, weeny bit. If you were with us in chapter 1, you know that Jesus has done miracles, six miracles actually, to prove that he's the son of God. Number one, if you got a pen, write them down, John chapter two. It's the first miracle Jesus did, and he changed the water to wine at a wedding. Where, saints? In Cana, what? Y'all not sure? In a wedding where? In Cana, very good. And then the second miracle that Jesus did is in John chapter four, and it's there in John chapter four, that Jesus heals the nobleman's son in Capernaum. And then in John chapter 5, the third miracle that Jesus did, he healed the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. And then the fourth miracle Jesus did, we find in John chapter 6, as Jesus walked on water. Are you listening? And then again in John chapter 6, the fifth miracle Jesus did as he fed the 5,000, maybe 15,000, 20,000 with women and children. 
And then the sixth miracle Jesus did was found in John chapter 9. We've talked about all of these as Jesus opened the eyes of the man born blind. Now listen, if Jesus were into numbers concerning the seventh miracle, if Jesus were into numbers, we'll find this seventh miracle here in chapter 11. And if Jesus were into numbers, this seventh miracle seven being the perfect number, this seventh miracle, you know how some people are into numbers, like they're into like one is the number of unity and uh, three is the number of the Trinity. Y'all know people in the numbers, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You know, being in the numbers like, and, and, and six is a, seven is the number of completion, eight is the number of new beginnings. So if, if Jesus, if God was into numbers and seven is the perfect number, then this seventh miracle is the perfect number and the perfect miracle. The seventh miracle is the greatest of all miracles. The seventh miracle is a climactic of all miracles because it's the raising of the dead. It's the climax of all miracles because it clearly shows Jesus has tremendous, awesome, incredible power over death. Another thing about these miracles is that have you noticed, let me have your attention, look at me, have you noticed that these miracles seem to increase with intensity? Have you noticed that? For example, the very first miracle, Jesus turns water into wine. And then there's a healing. And then he feeds an enormous amount of people with two fish and five loaves of bread. And then he opens the eyes of a blind man. You feel the intensity? And now here in chapter 11, the greatest of all miracles, raising the dead. Now listen, I know that you're a well-taught church and you know your Bible because I'm your pastor. <laughs> Say amen. amen. And I know you know the Bible. And I know that you know that this is not the first time that Jesus brought someone back from the dead. He raised the widow's son from name, remember? He raised Jairus' daughter after they died. So that's true, that both of those resurrections were raising people from the dead, but the difference is those two were raised from the dead immediately after they died like within the first 24 hours of their death. In the case of Lazarus, Jesus, this miracle is greater or more climactic because Lazarus has been dead for how many days? Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm giving you the answer, all right? Some of y'all like, how many? I mean, y'all like, how many, how many? Okay, Lazarus has been dead for how many days? Four days. Now listen, if you got your Bible open in John chapter 11, I want you to fast forward to verse 39. And let me tell you something. If you're looking at the King James Version, the King Jimmy, I love the King Jimmy for this verse alone, okay? But look at verse 39 of chapter 11. If you're looking at it, say amen. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. Now, the new King Jimmy says there is a stench. But the King James says, by now he stinketh. <laughs> Don't you love that? That's like one of my favorite verses in the Bible. By now he stinketh. I just love that verse. So, by now there's rot, she says, 
He's decayed. There's deterioration. There's corruption has already set in. The process of decomposition was already existing. And it's in this situation that Jesus, listen, creates new life. When something is rotting and decomposing and Jesus then speaks to it, puts it back together, and later on, I'm getting ahead of myself, he, he, Lazarus comes walking out of the grave whole with all of his limbs, looking as fresh as ever after being dead for four days. That's new creation. Oh, somebody say a better amen than that. That's a new creation. This miracle is stupendous. Now, you got your pen? Listen, this chapter breaks out into four sections, and today we're going to deal with the first of the four sections, and then we'll deal with the other three. Uh, we'll finish probably the other three sections by 2017 and uh, at the rate we're going. But this section breaks out. This chapter breaks out in four sections. And if you've got a pen, write this down. Number one, the preparation of the miracle. We're going to find that in verses 1 through 16. Number two, the arrival of Jesus in verses 17 through 37. Number three, the miracle itself. We find that in verses 38 through 44. And then number four, the result of the miracle. We find that in verses 45 through 57. The preparation of the miracle, the arrival of, the miracle, of, of Jesus, the miracle itself, the result of the miracle. And as I said this morning, we'll only look at the preparation of the miracle. I've titled this sermon, God's strange ways. Saints, John chapter 11, we pick up in verse 1. If you're looking at John chapter 11, in verse 1, I need you to say a hearty amen. amen. Now, oh, that didn't seem hearty enough. Look at verse 11, look at verse 1 in chapter 11. If you're looking at verse 1 in chapter 11, say amen. amen. Much better now, a certain man was sick, and what was his name? Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary that was anointed, that anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Well, therefore, the sisters sent to him Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you phileo love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, are you looking at verse 4? He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he had heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go up to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Well, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was talking about him taking a nap. And then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, y'all. 
And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And then Thomas, Thomas, who is called the twin. Did you know Thomas had a twin? Thomas Didymus. This is the same Thomas who said, Lord, we don't know what you're talking about. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where I go, you can't go. And and Thomas is there. And all the disciples are going, oh, that's deep. That's profound. That's awesome. Oh, wow. And Thomas said, we do not know what you are talking about. Tell me you don't like Thomas. You got to love somebody like that. Just tell like it is. So Thomas said, we don't know what you're talking about. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to me except, no man comes to the Father except through me. So this is the same Thomas who had a twin. We don't know whether it was a twin sister or a twin brother, but he had a twin. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Last week, we left off with the Jews holding a bunch of rocks in their hands to stone Jesus. Yes? In verse 31. And travel with me. Look at chapter 10 in verse 39. And then they tried to arrest him, but he escaped. Look at verse 40. He traveled east and north and crossed the Jordan to the area of Bethbara. And Jesus leaves Jerusalem, he doesn't come back. Were you with me last week? So the full open public ministry of Jesus is over and it ended in hatred, chapter 10. And now he begins to minister to his own disciples and those who loved him. The world has had his chance. Israel's had their opportunity. He came to his own and his own did what? Received him not. Point number one, the preparation of the miracle. Now, in preparation for the miracle, we have a cast of characters. We have the critical man, Lazarus, the concerned sisters, Mary and Martha, the cringing disciples, and the confident Christ. The critical man, Lazarus, the concerned sisters, Mary and Martha, the cringing disciples, and the confident Christ are the cast of characters. Look at verse 1. It tells us a certain man was sick. The man, his name is Lazarus of Bethany. Now listen, the sickness is mentioned first because that's what the story is about. It's about how God got glory because a man got sick and died. Now don't misunderstand. This is not the story of Lazarus. It's the story of Jesus and the resurrection. Somebody say amen. Lazarus just happened to be the guy. So the emphasis in verse 1 is the sickness of Lazarus, not Lazarus. It doesn't say there was a great guy named Lazarus who was sick. It says there was a man who was sick. He just happened to be Lazarus. Did y'all get that? Got a pen? Lazarus is an interesting name, interesting name. It comes from the old Hebrew name, Eleazar. Eleazar. Eleazar means... God is my comfort. God is my help. That's a good name for Lazarus as he's got as much help as anybody can get because he got help from being dead. Say amen. That's a lot of help. The Bible tells us that Lazarus is from the town of Bethany, which is a village on the Mount of Olives. Now, if you've been with us to Israel, you can get this in your mind's eye. If you haven't been and you need to go and you want to go, there's a trip being planned for Israel. So start saving your your monies right now. 
If you are standing on the Mount of Olives, you can look across the way, and there is an Arab town named El Zaria. El Zaria. Google it. El Zaria using the name Lazarus. That's the town of Bethany today. Verse 1 tells us that Bethany is the town of Mary, and her sister Martha lived there. I want you to keep your finger here and go with me to Luke chapter 10. Y'all all right? Look at Luke chapter 10. Y'all all right? Say amen. All right, look at Luke chapter 10. Now keep your finger right there because we're coming back, but look at Luke chapter 10. I want you to see something. Because verse 1 tells us that Mary, or that Bethany, is the town of Mary, right? Luke chapter 10, look at verse 38. If you're looking at verse 38, say, I'm looking at it. And now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, I find it interesting that verse 1 of John 11 tells us that the town belonged to Mary, but the house belonged to Martha. The town belonged to Mary, the house belonged to Martha. I think this speaks a bit about their personalities. Mary and Martha, y'all know your Bibles, so bear with me. Mary and Martha are sisters. And as sisters, they could not have been more different. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to say dissimilar, but different. Okay. And it's amazing to me, and for those of you that have more than one child, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, how, like, one woman can have multiple children, like five children, and every one of them are different. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They are so different. It's like, who are you? I mean, what family did you come from? Because they're so different. And no, no different for Mary and Martha. Their personalities couldn't have been more different. Martha was the busy type. Martha is the doer. Martha is the get-her-done type. Uh, Martha is probably one of those list people. Oh, y'all know. Y'all know people like that, the list people. People who live their lives by list. Everything is on schedule. Raise your hand. You know anybody like that, like list people? Every, everything they do is on the list. It's on a schedule. You know, according to the time and according to this list, we should get out of bed in the morning, which I don't know how they do that. Well, by this time, we should eat breakfast and pile into the minivan. By this time, according to the list, dinner should be served. And by this time, the house should be clean. By this time, the kids are doing their homework at this time. And then they're taking their bath according to the list at this time. And then they're going to bed at this time. And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on you. If you're a list person, more power to you. You do you. I'm going to do me. Say amen. If you're a list person, that's great. I am not a list person in my house. Do what you want, okay? Just leave me alone. No, I didn't say alone. I said alone. Leave me alone. Do what you want. I don't care. So in Luke chapter 10 now, you know the story, and, 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 and you ought to read it. Best for you list people, put it on your list. Luke chapter 10. Luke... Luke chapter 10, Jesus, you know the story, he comes over for lunch and Martha is busy getting stuff together and Mary, her sister, is fellowshipping with Jesus and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus fellowshipping and they're sitting out in the living room yucking it up and Mary's probably like, Jesus, you are something else. Ah, you crazy, stop it, you out of the square, you crazy world, you wild. (laughs) 
And Martha's in the kitchen and she's like trying to get the falafels ready and not burn the pita bread. And, and she's doing everything and cleaning the place up. And she hears them out there yucking it up. And she can't take it no more. So she bursts through the room with her hands on her hips. Chapter 10, verse 40, list people. Uh, uh, verse 40, she said, Jesus, don't you care? I'm in the kitchen sweating. Don't you care? You guys are out here talking about worship and devotion and fellowship and forgiveness, and I'm in the kitchen doing all the work. Now, do y'all get this? She is rebuking the Savior of the world. She's rebuking the Creator of the world. Listen, not a good thing. <laughs> She's rebuking Jesus, and you got to love Jesus, don't you? He's so, he's so gracious. He's so kind, he's so benevolent, so merciful. He doesn't say, listen, you pot scrubber, if you think, <laughs> if you think you're going to rebuke me, I'm the creator of the world. I made the pots that you're washing. Pipe down. Jesus didn't blast her. Why? Because he wasn't done with her. Because later she's going to hear those words, Lazarus, come forth. And then she's going to realize, listen, in a very powerful way that the word of God gives life. And that's why Mary is sitting and listening at the feet of Jesus, because Mary seems to know something that, Martha, you don't get it yet. Mary knows something. So then in Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, matter of fact, look at me get back there myself. Look at Luke 10. Go back there with me if you're not there. Look at Luke 10. I just love this. Look at Luke 10. And Jesus said to her, Jesus said, look at verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about, worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful or needed, and Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. Now, remember I told you, whenever Jesus uses the words or the, a name, twice, that means whatever he's saying is breaking his heart. Simon, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Saul, Saul, why doest thou persecute me? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have desired to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. Martha, Martha, you're worried and agitated and crabby about too much stuff. Martha, you're so busy, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the one thing. And listen, you want me to tell you what the one thing is? The one thing, according to David, David tells us what the sweet psalmist David tells us what the one thing is in Psalm 27, Verse 4, David says, one thing have I desired. Y'all read it with me. Come on. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, you know, I need all y'all to read it with me. Come on, ready? One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Listen, David's one thing was the priority and the passion and the pursuit of sitting at the feet of Jesus. David's one thing was to be in church. 
One thing I want to do is be in the house of the Lord. You know, we, 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 we used to say, I don't, we, I, we haven't sang that song in a while. Um, One thing have I desired of the Lord. I remember that. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, the temple of the Lord, to behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, the temple of the Lord. Right there. And isn't it good to sing scripture? I was telling somebody, I, you know, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, worship has changed in the church today. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.